We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is October 19th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what is going on, brother? How are you? As everybody is listening to this, October 19th, it is my uh, five-year anniversary with my lovely wife. Golf clap. So happy anniversary to Lauren, who is not going to listen to this episode. Uh, Yeah, it's, uh, you know, five years comes and comes and goes, man. It feels like genuinely it's very cliche, but it feels like just yesterday it has flown by, as I'm sure you resonate with as well. But, um, you know, got to celebrate the magic just in general by being in Amway with a bunch of fans. It just felt right, Jonathan. I woke up and I was like, it's magic game day. I had no intention of going to the game at the night before, right? Then I wake up and I'm like, man, if I can make it happen, I'm going to make it happen. I just made that decision. Wife gave me her blessing. I said, great, going to the magic game. So this week has just felt right, Jonathan, is the best way I can explain it. What were the vibes like in Amway? They seem to be great. Like I, I was watching from home, Bally Sports, Florida, and you hear the, you know, from Bally. And then here comes in the drone shot of Orlando and David Steele. It's a beautiful October night in Central Florida. I'm like, damn right, David. It sure is. We are back, baby. Yeah. Like that hit like absolute crack. Like I, you would have thought Paolo hit a three with like 13 seconds left in the fourth quarter, the way that I got up and I'm flexing like, yeah, we're back, baby. Bally, Florida. Oh, we're back. It's a beautiful night. Uh, it's a beautiful night in Central Florida. The the vibes from home were immaculate. I can only imagine what they were like in the arena. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was, you know, everybody just ha- very happy to be back. And listen, ESPN app, I'm not trusting it at all, but it would validate my point that the game felt fuller than what I can remember in terms of like a preseason game. ESPN has it listed that the attendance was 17.6K. 
I don't think that's the case. But it wasn't empty. Like it wasn't empty at all. It was loud. It was quiet when the when when the Pelicans scored. It was loud when the Magic scored. It was great. You had like I didn't and that's another good thing about it being the Pelicans last night. You didn't see a lot of Pelicans jerseys. You saw a couple Zion jerseys here and there. But other than that, I mean, it was it was uh it was a really fun night. Your brother um I'm we're getting into the personal life here obviously, but your brother shared to his Instagram story that like going to a Magic game with Luke Sylvia is like going with like a Magic celebrity. Like that you're, is, you're just getting catcalled left and right. What's going that, on with that? That that is that is the funniest part about the show is that if I didn't look at the numbers the way I would gauge the show's growth is just by how many people said hey? How many people said hey? We it appreciate a, that, man. We do, man. And it, it is it is awesome. You made me look good around my family. My family loves going to games with me because they're like, what is this? Because they, they know that I do this and they know that you know we we record a ton and we're so committed to the show and whatever. But then you go to a game and it, it puts things into perspective, man. And it's super cool that like our listeners are incredible. And they're not disrespectful. We love you guys, you little rascals. Well, I had you little rascals. I listen. I had somebody say hey to me last night. They they called my name. I, like my brother and I were sitting down with food from the Goya little cart right there, which is pretty good by the way. Like pretty authentic burrito, tasty. It's not bad at all. I like it. And it's a way shorter line than the meat carving station. That's for sure. My brother and I sit down there. Someone calls my name. His name is Jay. Pretty positive. Jay. Jay calls my name and then just super respectful. Just was like, I talked to him for like a brief second, you know, appreciate the support. He's like, man, get back to your food. I was like, man, you guys are great. You know that I just want to scarf my face with this real quick. I'm starving. But like the, it's just, it's awesome. I really, I never thought that anything like that would be even be possible, but it was awesome. It's just super nice when people like just say, Hey, like love this show. Like, yeah. People do listen. That that's awesome. Like, yeah. it's not bots. You know, it's it's not it's not Russian disinformation or anything like that. People actually listen to the show and they enjoy the show and they have fun in it. It's always cool to to say hi. You know, yeah. so if if you're out, like, don't ever get it twisted. You say what's up to Luke and and Jonathan and, and Kevin and all the boys. We're saying hi back. We're, we're saying hi. If we hear you, we're <laughs> we're saying hi back. So yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad that you had a, a ton of fun. Stay tuned for later in this episode. We had a great conversation with the Podfather, our boy Philip Rossman Reich. Um, always great conversation, always great insight. So stay tuned for that uh, conversation later in the pod. But Luke, go ahead and do me a favor. Talk about a little jam hot chicken for our listeners. You know, I would love to talk a, lo- a little bit about jam hot chicken for our listeners, Jonathan. Proudly serving the city beautiful, jam hot chickens bringing jams, culture, and hot chicken to the heart of Winter Park. I talked about this on and the last vibes. episode. And vibes. So so many great vibes. But I talked about this on the last episode. Number four on Yelp's 2023 list of restaurants in the state of Florida, Jonathan. If that's not a place that you want to be, I can't help you. Yelp is out here. They literally just do all their food ratings and whatever. They wrote an entire article about this restaurant and how incredible it is. And if you guys want to find out how you can get to Jam Hot Chicken... 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13 in Hannibal Square. And guess what? If you're like, oh man, I got a I got a lunch break. I need to I need to just do this quickly. I got to go, I got to get back to work, whatever. You can actually go on the website, order now, and just go through there, 
just had a pickup time. Go pick up the food from Jam Hot Chicken. That Jam Hot Chicken doesn't give you any excuse. If you were in the Central Florida area, go get that Jam Hot Chicken because it's, listen, man, Jonathan, you have raved about this chicken for a very, very long time since you tried it, since it hit your lips for the first time. And man, if you guys want to go see and check out Jam Hot Chicken, their vibe is incredible. You can tell a lot about a restaurant by their social media. Go to at Jam Hot Chicken on Instagram, especially because they've got they, they, it's just such a good vibe on their on their profile. They know what they're doing. They're marketing geniuses. They lean into the magic. They're magic fans. Really can't say anything more about this restaurant and about the guys that we guys and girls as you point out that we partner with over there jam hot chicken that's just a habit i don't know jam hot chicken destination dining figure it out get there somehow i don't care what you got to do what kid's birthday party you got to miss you go to jam hot chicken tell them we sent you okay post game live we have started a new post game live show presented by rock'em socks or just rock'em as you know now they have underwear and all different kinds of things uh, but we've been doing that after every single Magic game. Producer Kevin's done a great job at those three of those so far. Another one coming on this Friday, and there's going to be one after every single Magic game this season, regular season, and not if. When we get to the playoffs, there will be post-game lives after every single game. If you're not subscribed to us on YouTube already, go ahead. Go to YouTube, type in The Six Man Show, subscribe to the channel, ring the notification bell so you get notified anytime that we post videos or go live. And Kevin has been doing a, a great job with those. We really appreciate everybody that's been joining those. All the comments, the likes, the interaction in the chat, the super chats, the super stickers, all really help out the show a ton. Can't say thank you enough. And uh, yeah, everybody, just get, right now in your car, just give producer Kevin a nice little golf clap of a, a round of, a, of appreciation for mm-hmm. uh, for producer Kevin here as I, as I clap in a, in a circle as you do. So be sure to check those out. And then we did the first one of these. Uh, the night of the draft. We're calling it the sixth fan show. So this is something, if you're not familiar with this format, it's definitely more um, popular amongst like European football clubs. But basically we have a a fan, our boy Ben Gifford, um, who is a lifelong Orlando Magic fan. If you've been out to our events, you've probably met Ben uh, with us before. Uh, But he's outside select Orlando Magic games this year, outside Amway. And we're there to get the fans perspective, get your takes, uh, your, your rants, whatever your, your drunken rants. We had, we had one of those. I think, I think it's safe to assume that alcohol was involved and we're not shaming you, Oliver, if you're out there listening, we're not shaming you by any means. It was electric. It was the highlight of the video, in my opinion, but we have a new six fan show video out that's up on our YouTube channel. So go ahead and check that out. Leave a comment, a like, show some love. If there wasn't, alcohol involved i gotta know just like that what's his mindset his perspective on life because i need to get there i need to get yeah. there desperately it was it was incredible it really really was go ahead and go to our youtube channel check out the six fan show and be on the lookout for that uh every so often i think we're going to try to do about 20 of those this year so like essentially every other home game will be there doing these so if you're going to a home game we're going to post like, Hey, Ben's going to be out there doing the six fan show. Like as soon as you come out of Amway, you're just going to look for the kid with the microphone and the lights. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be our boy, Ben. Be respectful. Don't be putting it on him. Don't be, you know, groping him. That's Don't right. be doing anything weird. That's right. Just, you know, say what you got to say and, and keep it moving, Buster. All right. 
I'm really excited for like big wins and I'm maybe even more excited for like bad losses to see what people come up with because people get angry after bad losses. The the reason this is popular in the European countries, Jonathan, is because they are so passionate about their team and about the sport that they are just off the handle at all times, out of pocket. And we need you guys to, to respectfully be that way with the six fan show brings a better viewing experience. Just lay it all out there. You don't got to pretend who you are. You're a big magic fan. Let's hear it win or lose how you're feeling because you'll, it'll be a better experience for yourself and it'll be a better experience for the viewers at home. I haven't talked about this yet and I haven't discussed this. I'm just calling an audible. We're going to do like a, like a rant of the year. Like, yeah. All the six fan shows, whoever has like the best rant will do something for. Now, listen, that doesn't mean be an idiot. Don't do anything out of pocket. Don't get anything that's going to like demonetize our YouTube video. That <laughs> will disqualify you. And if you do something like that, you won't make it in the video. We'll just cut it. Mm-hmm. But like a, a genuine, passionate rant. We'll see what the best one is at the end of the year. And we'll do a little uh, something special for you. I might have just wished something upon Ben that, you know, he doesn't want any part of. But just make we'll, that we'll see what hands. happens. Hold that mic, Ben. Just hold on to that mic. The Magic, uh, they have signed a free agent guard, uh, Daquan Plowden. Uh, The Magic announced uh, today on Wednesday. Uh, Undrafted, he's played 154 games at Bowling uh, Bowling Green State University. Averaged 12.5 points per game, 6.1 rebound in 25 minutes per game. Uh, Mie Oni, uh, who was signed uh, late last week, I believe, uh, has now been waived. Uh, so Plowden, just another guy that the Magic are trying to get a look at here uh, in preseason. And then in other Magic news, uh, I think this was first announced by Sports Business Journal, uh, but the Orlando Sentinel had a, a write-up on it today. Uh, the Orlando Magic um, have basically come to terms with developers JMA Ventures and the Machete Group uh, to spearhead the project of the downtown like. Amway Center area entertainment district development that has now been talked about. It feels like for close to to 10 years. Um, Looks like uh, the anticipated start date is before the end of 2024. So sometime in the next year from now, that should start to get underway. says the project is slated to include a 260-room full-service hotel with 16,000 square feet of meeting and conference space, 270 re- residential units, 200,000 square feet of class A office space, 125,000 square feet of retail space, a 3,500 capacity live event venue, an urban town square, and more than 1,100 parking spaces. So there's going to be shops, restaurants, a live event venue. That is going to be just a ton of fun. And once that is like officially completed, I think we can really start talking about another all-star weekend in Orlando. So uh, really excited for that. I know so many Orlando residents are ready for them to start uh, development on that project. Bally Sports uh, announced today the broadcast schedule for the 2023-2024 season. Uh, Really the highlight of this for me uh, was that Dante Marcatelli in his 25th year covering the Magic will also fill in for David Steele as the play-by-play announcer for select broadcasts this season. I saw that in the release tweeted it out and obviously tons of questions are, are starting about David Steele and is he retiring? Is this the end? So on and so forth. A couple of things that I want to say. One, 
like the COVID seasons, especially Dante has done such a great job filling in, in the play-by-play role when he's been asked to do that. He's also called games, uh, you know, for the, the Lakeland now Osceola magic as well. Um, but I, I don't think this is like the, the necessarily like the beginning of the end for David Steele. Like it feels like the end for David Steele is still a few years away. I feel like this is just the very beginnings of what will be a pretty slow transition. Now, does Dante Marcatelli end up being the play-by-play guy? It seems like for the last couple of years, they've sort of been prepping him for that, but who really knows? But I, I think people are just sad that like this is the first like real sign that like, hey, David Steele probably won't be around forever. Listen, he's what, 70? So he's been doing this doing this song and dance for a very long time. He has seen it all. And listen, let's be honest. Once once I'm 70, I don't know about you, Jonathan. Once I'm 70, I don't think I really care what it is I'm doing. I'm going to be starting to back away a little bit, maybe even sooner. So I cannot, you know, fault whatever is, you know, Dante stepping in. I don't know the logistics of it. I don't know, you know, whatever, who initiated all that. But I'm confident in saying that, you know, Nobody is 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 telling David Steele that we're you know this is going to be you know we're we're winding down here right like David Steele is incredible he's a gem like you said last night he just hearing his voice through the television so many Magic fans just love this man and rightfully so he's going to call the shot when he thinks he's done he will call it and so I, I think at this point he understands he is seventy. Dante Marcatelli, more than capable, as you said. I'm super pumped for the opportunity for Dante. I'm super pumped for David to get maybe some more time at home and just en- enjoy everything that that is going on. So I, it, it's it's awesome, honestly, is what it is. It stinks for Magic fans. I want to hear David every night, but Dante's going to do an awesome job, and we're familiar with his voice and love him as well. And to your point, like this, this had to be a David Steele, you, you know, think so. decision. Nobody's telling David, "Hey, man, yeah. you need to take some time off." This is David, like, "Hey, this is what I want to do," and at this point, you know, this is what is best for me. So, just the 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 idea that someday David Steele won't be the play by play announcer for the yeah. Magic, I think, just makes a lot of people absolutely crazy and sad. And it is sad. Hopefully that day is still a long, long, long time for now, from now. But like traveling with this team for a 82-game slate is not an easy thing. And the fact that a lot of these guys have been able to do this for as long as they have, like Dante going into his 25th year. You know, Jeff Turner has been you know, around for a decade plus now on that broadcast schedule. David Steele now. Like, that's a hard thing to do. So, uh, everybody calm down. This isn't the end. It's the beginning of a very slow transition is what I would, uh, the way that I would put it. And then in addition, uh, Ryan Bass, um, who graduated from the university of central Florida and has contributed in the past to Bally sports coverage of the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, he is joining a magic broadcast and select games this year as the pregame postgame halftime host. So all of that, if you put the pieces together, the games that David is not calling and Dante is filling in for the play-by-play, 
it, it seems like Ryan Bass will be filling in for Dante as the pregame halftime and postgame host. So welcome, Ryan Bass, to the Valley Sports Magic uh, family and the Magic family in, in, uh, in general and looking forward to, to meeting him at some point. But yeah, Luke, um, that's the Magic news. We do have a game to talk about. On Tuesday night, the Magic had their first preseason loss of the year, a 104-92 to loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. And in this game, uh, we got to see a little bit more of the starters. Um, they played into the second half as well, but we did get a, a pretty healthy chunk of you know, sort of what we would call the third unit in, in some of those Exhibit 10 guys. Really, for the first time all preseason, Luke, Turnovers were a, a big problem for the the Magic's first unit, especially in that first half. They had 10 first half turnovers and then just shooting the basketball. Magic 13 for 47, good for 27%. Just didn't shoot the ball well enough in this game. And yeah, New Orleans was able to take advantage of that. And if this was the regular season, probably see the start. Well, we definitely see the starters a lot more. This is by no means like a game that the the Magic lost. Like the Magic were very competitive until they started to pull the regular guys, and then it sort of got out of hand, you know, over the course of the end of the third quarter and into the fourth quarter. There, Luke. Something that I I talked about in the last episode, and it really came, you know, it was still true for this game. A lot of people, and we talk about this with Phil, but we a lot of people are trying to hit the panic button on one Paolo Bancaro, obviously being the star player or a co-star player on this team, he's the first person you go to when you look at the box score. Because you're like, what did Paolo do tonight? For better or worse, what did Paolo do? Paolo, two of nine in this one, O of two from three, and five points, two assists, two turnovers. By all accounts, not a great Paolo Bancaro game. But despite that, Going into the stretch with the, you know, down to the end of the third quarter, because the, really the deep bench is what we're going to probably call him here, played the fourth quarter. Magic are still pretty much going toe to toe. The Pelican starters are still giving the Magic all they can handle, to be honest. Like at points in this game, you can definitely see it. You can see it by the plus or minus. Zion has a plus six. Zion, first, also. Zion Williamson, man. The dude is a specimen and seeing him in person yeah yeah wild. yeah wild he everybody wants to talk about the five steals in this game for Paolo Bancaro for whatever reason Markel Fultz and Paolo Bancaro decided to dip their entire hands into a basket of popcorn it just like could not hang on to the ball in the first half like everyone's like oh my gosh look at Zion it's like look our guys like give him a little bit of credit but our guys also like could not hang on to the ball the Zion love that I'm seeing yesterday and today, I'm like, okay, let's let's just calm down. All right. Uh, I mean, he's he's great. We hope hopefully for Pelican's sake he can stay healthy, but just a massive human being and dunks the ball with force that is ridiculous. But really, my point is, Palo doesn't play well, but the Magic still are in this game very much so. And then you look and it's like, well, yeah, Franz Wagner, three of six from three, eight of three from the field, nineteen points. Five rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. Franz Wagner was awesome in this game. And he's a lot of fun to watch. The Magic early on hitting just like 
corner three after corner three, it felt like. Wendell, obviously, early on. Seems like it's kind of deja vu, right? Like, Wendell is hitting a corner three early, and it feels like a lot of these games. And they're just playing good basketball. And I think that it all comes back to if your star player is not playing well, but you're still in the game, your team's in a good spot. And this team is in a very good spot. Yeah. Going to the bench unit, J.I. in almost 10 minutes. Three block shots. Really, really impressive. Still a special defender. I think that for me, that was one of the biggest takeaways from this game. Is like He might not be all the way there right now. Still like largely rehabbing. We talked about this with Phil. Seems like he's on a minutes restriction. But man, when that dude cranks it up to 10, he is still every bit just a super special defender. He had like this like turnaround block on CJ McCollum. Like CJ McCollum thought he had JI beat mm-hmm. and JI just smacked it. Um, had this other play where he went to double team Jonas Valanciunas and forget who was also there guarding Valanciunas. Maybe it was it was Cole. I might be mistaken, but that guy sort of peeled off and gave Valanciunas just like a free run to the rim, hit a little half spin move, and it was like okay, this is going to be an easy layup. And JI almost sent it into like the third row. So that was really fun to see that. The Paolo stuff, we talked about this on the last podcast. I wanted to see Paolo like have a really dominant yeah. offensive game here. He didn't, but he was asked after the game, like, you know, are you concerned at all? And Paolo's like, I'm not concerned, or are you concerned? Like, this is Paolo Bancaro. I've talked about this a couple of times, but just like his unwavering confidence. When people talk about it, and it isn't really a thing that you can put your finger on, but like that man, like we would talk about aura. That man has aura. I don't care what anybody says. Paolo Bancaro just like drips confidence. And it's really one of my favorite things about him. But yeah, I mean, Magic came in. If, if we're looking at, you know, some of the guys that came in off the bench towards the end of this game, Caleb Houston, one for four. Jet Howard, 0 for six. Chuma Okeke, one for four. Uh, Trevlin Queen, 0 for one. Jonathan Isaac didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Neither did Markel Fultz or Wendell or Paolo Bancaro. So the fact that you were still in this game um, just really speaks to Franz Wagner stepping up, Mo Wagner stepping up. He had 16.7 of 10 from the floor. Mo Wagner is just going to have games like that every now and then where you cannot stop him. Might not make a ton of sense, but Mo Wagner just does things like that from time to time. This was the first game where I felt like we really got a look at what the rotation will be. Um, if for no other reason, then why are we wasting preseason? We talked about the platoon stuff with Phillip but we had the starting lineup of Markel, Jalen, Franz, Paolo, Wendell. And then the bench unit was Cole, Gary, Joe Ingles, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Wagner. Through the first couple of games, there's been some inconsistencies there. No Jonathan Isaac in the second half of games. Joe Ingles missed the first game. Gary Harris missed the second game. Anthony Black was sort of inserted into those minutes when those guys missed. So like when I'm looking at the puzzle and sort of the pieces that have been laid out in front of us, To me, that says this is probably what the rotation is going to be like in the regular season, but we just have to wait about another week to to see that. I know we're talking about this game, but there's something that I want to say just for a a minute or so here. There's a conversation that I've been seeing more frequent in in recent days and in recent weeks, and it's the argument amongst Magic fans of who is better, Paolo Bancaro or Franz Wagner. Regardless of what you think, Okay, in that regard, the, the having the conversation in a in a public fashion like that 
And I know these guys are, you know, million dollar athletes and blah, blah, blah. Who cares what people are saying on Twitter? These guys are absolutely searching their names on a sometimes daily basis to see what people are thinking about them. And they just don't need to see people arguing about our two best players. Who is the better player? Because it's not just like, oh, I think this guy is better. Like people are going back and forth, having dissertations on who they think is better. It does not matter. They are both on our team and it doesn't bring anything positive. I don't think anything good can come from that conversation. And we certainly don't want to get to the point where we're like tearing down the other player to say why the guy that we like more is the better player and sort of like pitting these young guys against each other. We want these guys to be the absolute best versions of themselves, the best players that they can be and the best of friends. We want everything with these two guys to work. It's in everybody's best interest. And to me, it's just kind of silly that I keep seeing that rant over. Well, I'll, I'll add and reply. Um, I've had one of my friends continuously say Franz is better than Paolo or Franz will be better than Paolo. And to that, what I say to him every time is I don't personally care which one is going to be better as long as one of them is a top 10 talent in the league. I know that is a lot to ask for, but from one of these two guys, I don't, I get a, I get a shot that one of them is going to be a top 10 guy. I feel good about it. It's a better chance than a lot of these teams that are in the situations that they're in where they're, you know, rebuilding or whatever. I don't really care. Now, what I will add is that I don't mind the conversation about Franz and, you know, who is better right now or who will be, who's the highest. I don't mind it, but I do mind it when, like you said, when it becomes to the point where you are just tearing the other player apart, apart. Because that just doesn't help you, like as a fan. It's another thing if another team fan, fan of another team, does it. Whatever. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. People have these debates all the time about you know two players on the team, whether it's Tatum and Brown or whatever, right? Even though I don't think that's much of a debate, but the point still stands. You can pick guys against each other all the time. I don't mind it if it's from another team, but if you're a fan of the Magic, there's no reason that you should be like Paolo has been like trash in the preseason or anything like that because it number one preseason ultimately we, we know this it doesn't matter and like for I've guys said, like paolo it doesn't the, matter for some guys it does for paolo the preseason does not matter anybody that is concerned about paolo right now like just go back and watch some highlights from last season like what he did as a rookie yeah he's not it's, gonna it's so silly there's not gonna be a a regression in that respect for a talent as good as paolo bancaro so, like I said, I don't mind the conversation, but if you are just ripping the other person apart, the other player apart, that's not productive, and it doesn't matter. Like, neither of these guys are bad players at all. These are the guys that you're trusting that are going to elevate this franchise for years to come, hopefully the next decade. So, that that's my my reply to that. But it, it is ridiculous. There's extremes to everything. And, and unfortunately, fans of teams, as Magic fans included, can go way past the line. All right, let's go to a quick word from our patrons before we get into our conversation with our boy, Philip Rossman Reich. So if you have not heard about our Patreon, uh, we do have a Patreon, which you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. A Patreon is a platform uh, where you can partner with your favorite creators to help them create the content that you love. 
for as little as $2 a month, you can help support our show where we have additional tiers uh, with additional benefits with things like joining our Discord community. We have an awesome Discord community. People are literally in there almost 24-7 talking Magic Basketball uh, throughout the day, during games, after games, weekends, holidays, anything happens, you name it. We're talking about it in our Discord. Uh, Also, we have monthly uh, Patreon-exclusive Zooms uh, where you can join and just hear what's going on with the show, get a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look. Sometimes we don't even talk Orlando Magic Basketball. We're just sort of all hanging out. It's a lot of fun. And then our, our highest tier, uh, you can get discounts off of regular season Orlando Magic home games. So uh, if you want to check any of that out, any of that interests you, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And for our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons, we give them a special shout out every single episode. So I will go ahead and start with the Court Cousins and then Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, normal Magic player history, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Franz's Warmth, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum Drum, Drummy, Drum Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, PB in the Mix, Godi 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty, Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Reek, and Shahin 177. Will be the Don, Himlo, Bama, Himro, RM Prop 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spanking Season, Soft Taco, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Frauds, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kev, Bruff Sal, Kaysen Green, Santi Leon, Kane Eckler. A big shout out to all of our patrons and our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And without further ado, let's get into our conversation with the Podfather. Philip Rossman Reich. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Magic fans, we are now joined by a very special guest. Um, in these parts, affectionately referred to as the Podfather. Uh, but you can find him on weekdays on uh, Locked On Magic 
and every day on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Philip Rossman Reich, our good friend. Philip, how the heck are you, man? Good to see you. I am doing good. Uh, I don't know when this is publishing, but a week until the games count, my guys. We're almost here. Yeah, we're recording this Wednesday night. Uh, last night, we got a little another dose of Orlando Magic preseason. Magic uh, against the Pelicans, their first loss of the preseason. But, but Philip, overall, you know, you you talk a lot on your show, you know, about you know preseason is just sort of an extension of training camp, and you want to see the team you know start to progress and, and ramp up as they go into the regular season. From the start of preseason until now, what are your thoughts? How have the Magic look, you know, in three games so far? Yeah, I think the big thing is a we haven't really seen like the full rotation yet. Like it's been kind of platoons. It's been the starters play with the starters, the bench guys play with the bench guys. Uh, you know, like Jet Howard hasn't even played with any like beside maybe Goga Batadze, but he hasn't really played with any of the rotation regulars. Um, you know, a few minutes with Anthony Black here and there, but. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard to say, like get a full glimpse of who this team is going to be, but I really, I really like the energy this team's playing with on both sides of the ball. Um, I think that, I think that they've done a really good job, at least in the preseason, trying to make up some of the deficiencies that I think we saw, uh, throughout last season, as far as, especially their three point attempts. I, I know I've talked a lot about kind of the three point math where the magic were a team that did a really good job defending the paint. They gave up a lot of three-point attempts and they didn't take a lot of three-point attempts to combat that. Or they, you know, the teams that don't take a lot of three-point attempts, the Denver Nuggets take fewer three-point attempts than, than the Magic do, but they shoot 38, 39, 40% on threes. The Magic are shooting 33%. So it's a little bit of a difference. Um, the Magic are definitely, I think there's uh, uh, an increased emphasis on getting higher value shots um, just in general. And the way the Magic are kind of, uh, uh, vocalizing this is it's all about the paint. The Magic want to win the paint. And, and to me, that gives this team an identity. Like, like there is something that we can measure. There's something we can see. There's something this, this young team can focus on and say, if we win this battle or if we, you know, we kind of hold to this identity, we're going to win a lot of games. And, and I think so far, at least in preseason, and it's obviously preseason, um, the Magic have held up their end of the bargain and, and we can clearly see, okay, this is what this team is trying to do and now we can watch it branch out and grow and, and there's a lot of confidence in what they do too, which I think is, is a big thing. Do you think that there is such a thing for this team as taking way too many threes? Because yes. you look at that Pelicans <laughs> game last night, you look at another game I know for sure, uh, 47 attempts against the Pelicans and their second in their rematch. So do you, you think that is definitely way too many? And where, where do you think this team could be at to avoid being maybe bottom of the pack? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's, I definitely think there is such a thing as taking too many threes. Um, you know, cause you want, you know, Jamal Mosley says this all the time. You want kick out feet set threes. Um, you don't want kind of pull up threes. You don't want kind of desperation threes. You want high quality three point shots that, you know, that's kickouts to the corner, especially the Magic's corner three pointers are way up. They average around, and this has been an obsession of mine throughout the preseason. They averaged like 6.1, 6.2 corner three pointers per game. They had nine each in the games with the, the Pelicans and the Cavaliers. And then, and then, and then I, at least if I counted correctly, um, cause these stats are not super readily available. Um, they took 22 against the Pelicans on, um, on Tuesday in, in, in Orlando. So. 
these are high quality threes for the most part. Now, can the Magic settle for these threes? Absolutely. They got to make sure they get a paint touch. That's that's. I know that's a big thing for this team. Um, and so there's definitely a thing as too many threes if you're not getting the paint. I think uh, in Tuesday's game against the Pelicans in Orlando, because they were both on Tuesday, but the game the game in Orlando against the Pelicans, the Magic took only 30 field goal attempts in the paint. Um, you know, they were 20 for 30 uh, in points in the paint. Um they got outscored 50 to 40. If you're looking for a reason why the Magic lost that game, that's that's like that's going to be a big indicator I think for the Magic uh, throughout the season that 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 they're winning that paint battle. Um just just beyond that though, I I would I, I, I we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. Shy away from kind of the overall numbers in these preseason games. They took 45 I think in that first game, they took uh 40 they took 40 plus in in the, in the second game against the Pelicans. Some of that has to do with the pace. The Pelicans are trying to run a lot more. The Magic are also trying to run a lot more. So there's definitely more possessions involved in these. And also a lot of those threes come in the fourth quarter when you don't have really clean offense and guys kind of have to settle for threes a little bit. So um, the three-point attempts are definitely up. Don't get me wrong. I think they're like, I think they average 31, 31 or 32 per game last year. I think they are hitting that average through three quarters. So before the like deep bench guys get in, they're already at that average. And, and I think for the magic, probably their I used to always say 30 was probably their, their magic number for three point attempts, just because they're not a great shooting team. It's not a huge emphasis, but I, I do think they want to emphasize it a little more. So I would say 35 is probably where they want to be around. Maybe, a, maybe like 33, 34. Um, Cause if you're taking too many threes, that probably means you're not getting in the paint. You're not getting like high value, high percentage shots. You're taking a lot of threes and and that, you know, three pointers can be a little bit random. And, and especially with this team, not something you want to rely on. Philip, a big question for fans throughout the off season was who is going to be the starting shooting guard heading into the regular season this year. And the internet sleuths throughout training camp were out trying to see what color Jersey is this guy wearing? Okay. Gary's wearing gray today. Jalen's wearing black. What does that mean? Now Jalen has started all three preseason games. For us, it seems like it's a foregone conclusion at this point. He's a starting shooting guard. But what's your thoughts on that? And then just how would you evaluate Jalen through training camp through the first few preseason games here? Yeah, I, 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 my biggest, you know, I was probably, I want to say like Team Gary, but I, I thought that the Magic, I, I, I said entering camp that the job is Jalen Suggs to win. Like if he can prove himself, you know, he definitely gives this team something extra, especially on the defensive end. Um, you know, not that Gary Harris is a bad defender, um, but Jalen Suggs is a disruptive defender. Like Gary Harris is solid. He's going to keep his man in front of him. He's going to be in the right spots and help. He isn't going to sneak behind and get a steal that like Jalen Suggs, Suggs will. You know, he's, he's not going to kind of get into a point guard and make his, uh, he's going to get into a point guard and make his life miserable in a way that Gary Harris doesn't. So I think the magic ultimately are leaning into that defense. And, and my question, the reason why I still lean toward Gary was the shooting balance. The Magic needed another needed another shooter. And even if he's not, you know, a guy that's taken six, seven, three-pointers per game, which is where I personally thought Gary needed to get to. Um, he said like, what, four and a half last year. Um, even though he's not like a high volume three-point shooter, just that little bit of extra spacing would help the team. But if Suggs can prove himself to be a capable shooter, and he's looked okay, certainly a lot more confident, but okay as a three-point shooter so far in some in, in the preseason, then that opens the door for everything. Um, you know, because his defensive impact is very, very real. Um, you know, you could see that in, you know, the Magic. I think had a plus 
two or plus 1.8 net rating with the starting group last year with Gary Harris. It was only 54 minutes with Jalen Suggs, but it was like plus 11 and with like a 102 or 103 defensive rating. Like there is, there is a very real impact to Jalen Suggs defense. And I have been pleasantly impressed with how that impact has translated in preseason. He certainly looks like he fits right in and has helped elevate that defense, that defense that's helped the magic get up and transition a little bit more. He's been, he's been a threat from the three point line. And I think, you know, just as important, I think the Magic made some key changes to their offense to try and kind of cover up some of those weaknesses. And I think that that too has really worked and made it possible for Suggs to play in those lineups. The big topic of discussion really in the last maybe couple months, especially, and it was been it's been the case since they got drafted, but you know, with with A B and with Jet. There's people that have said, you know, they, they've come out of the woodwork about, you know, these are lottery picks. They, they should get run or they expect them to. And it just seems like the Magic have gotten so stuck in this world of our rookies have to play. They need to develop because we have, but we're used to having nobody else. Now you've got other people. And, it, and I, that's why I tell people too is like, you need to look at the roster. Tell me who's not, who are they playing in for? Looking at this, Phil, do you think that is the case that we won't see too much of them getting minutes this season? And do you see a world where there's a path to minutes for them this year? I mean, there's look, I mean, Jeff Weltman said it from day one, from the moment they were drafted uh, on draft night. You know, we're not in a stage where we're gifting 30 minutes to a rookie anymore. Like, you got to, you know, if you're looking for any clearer sign that the franchise, that the organization believes this is a playoff team, it's, the freedom, it's a freedom they give the coach to let, let him make decisions to win games. This isn't about development anymore. And, and as much as, you know, Anthony Black needs to play, like he definitely needs to play to get better. You know, the game looks, I, I hear everyone who's a little concerned with him. I've been fielding calls from people. I've been, you know, getting, getting messages from people concerned about Anthony Black. And it's just like, yeah, the, the game just still looks a little fast for him. Even, even Jet, who, you know, I think transitioned a lot better. Everything just looks really fast. And, and you expect that from rookies. And so they were, you know, I, I think I wrote this right after drafting Anthony, after drafting Anthony Black. It's going to take some time. Like he has a, he has a skill set that should translate to the league once he gets comfortable. It's just the comfort of getting, uh, of getting that time. Now, I think we all recognize like the margin for error is pretty small for this team um, as far as making or missing the playoffs. Like the East is, is going to be really competitive. And, you know, I, I think the Magic are not like sold out to make the playoffs, but they want to put their team in a position to win because that's ultimately going to help the guys that that really matter uh, develop. Like we need to see Paolo and Franz play meaningful games in March and April, and hopefully later than that. We need to see Wendell and Markel in a playoff series. Like that stuff is really, really, really important uh, for this team and its development. And probably the most, you know, if we're talking about development, that's probably the most important thing we need to see from this team. So. Figuring out a way for for Anthony Black and Jet Howard to fit in is definitely tough, and they you know they had training camp to kind of prove themselves to see where they belong and where they fit in this roster. And you know, unfortunately, they're behind some veterans like Gary Harris, Joe Ingles are guys that are going to help this team win. Um, and so you know, it, it when this team is fully healthy, yeah, it feels like Anthony Black is the tenth player in a nine man rotation. Jet Howard's the eleventh man in a nine man rotation, and so. They're going to be having to wait a little bit for their opportunity and, and make sure they get their work in. 
you know, I've seen some people suggest maybe they should go to the G League, and, and, and that could be an option if they're not getting much practice time. But look, an 82-game season is a long, long time. Uh, Magic fans don't need to be told uh, what can happen in an 82-game season. They're going to get their opportunity. You know, everyone on the roster, when you have a 15, 15 man roster, everyone on the roster is going to be called on at some point to give you meaningful minutes. Um, and you hope that those guys are ready when their number is called. And I think that's, that's going to be the opportunity that Anthony and Jet are going to have to wait for and are going to have to take advantage of when it comes. It, it, their opportunity may not be immediate. Because this team has other goals and this team has other players they want to develop and they want to see. And maybe it's, you know, kind of a Steve Kerr thing. You know, Steve Kerr used to do this thing where, um, you know, he would, Leandro Barbosa was in his rotation every, like, so often, maybe once, once every two weeks, once every week and a half, he'd sit Barbosa, play a young player, and it would be just like, hey, I just need to give this guy confidence and say like, hey, I still believe in you. This is going to be your game. Take it. And, and so, you know, maybe, maybe that's the approach to Magic are going to take, but, um, you know, Everything has to be earned now. Like this is this is not a rebuild anymore. Got to change your mindset. This is not a rebuild. This is a team that is trying to make the postseason and trying to do something now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, the way that I see it, like right now, I, I don't even, I'm not even really confident that Anthony Black is in the regular rotation because through the first couple of preseason games, it seems like, you know, Joe was out, so Anthony got Joe's minutes. Second game, Gary was out, so Anthony got uh, Gary's minutes. Tuesday, every, all, you know, 10 regular guys, starters at the bench unit played in the first half. We didn't see Anthony Black at all. So I think my next question, this sort of ties into that, is right now it seems like J.I. is on a minutes restriction. You know, we were all there at media day. He was asked, you know, do you think you're on a minutes restriction? He said, well, if, you know, from my perspective, I don't, I don't think I am because nobody has said anything to me about that. But he's only played exclusively in the first half. So he played eight or nine minutes. We haven't seen him play a single second in the second half of any of these games. What is your take on that, Phil? Some people seem to have this idea that they're just kind of saving him because it's preseason, and then once the regular season starts, he'll be full go, but I don't know that I'm sold on that. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just kind of build on the, on the previous point, too. We haven't seen the Magic play a rotation yet. Um, you know, the, I think I mentioned this earlier. They're kind of in platooning guys. The starters have played with the starters. The bench have played with the bench. We know that the Magic last year liked to play Franz with that second unit. Um, you know, to start second quarters. Um, you know, what I think one of the things that actually happened in the New Orleans game on, on on Tuesday at the Amway Center was the reason why New Orleans was able to kind of stay in the game is they played Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson 
some second quarter minutes when they when the bench groups were in. You know, they looked like they were playing a more regular rotation. So we haven't seen the mat. We we a lot of a lot of this is conjecture and really based off last year because we haven't seen the magic play a rotation yet. You know, we don't know what when you know, we don't know the groups, the lineups the magic are gonna look like look like on Wednesday, they're gonna put out Wednesday against Houston. Um, you know, I personally I would have liked to see some experimenting get done. Like there was a stretch in the game against the Pelicans where Zion wasn't at center. Um, I, you know, I would have loved to see, okay, let's throw Palo out there. Let's, you know, this is a perfect chance to test this out and see what the spacing looks like against another team. Um, you know, but instead they kept Mo Wagner in and Mo Wagner was guarding Zion or I think it was uh, in, in the first game against New Orleans it was Jonathan Isaac guarding Zion um, in those minutes. So, you know, to, to get back to the, to the question then, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know what the rotation is going to be. You know, I think there is someone on the roster that, you know, maybe is getting more minutes in the preseason than he's going to get in the, in the regular season, because you're going to probably settle in on a nine man rotation. Maybe, maybe you start the year at 10, but as you get deeper into the season, you're going to start narrowing that down and really fine tuning the guys that you really, really trust. And, you know, look, obviously Jonathan Isaac's an incredible defender. I think the magic are going to still be a little bit cautious with him. You know, I never completely bought that he was completely off a minute restriction because an 82 game schedule is really difficult. And he hasn't done a regular schedule since, you know, de- since December, 2019. Like it's, it's been three full years coming near four years since that initial knee injury that knocked him out. So he hasn't been through the grind. And so I think there's going to be days where he's sore and I think there's going to be back-to-backs where they sit him. And that's just protective, you know, because they, they want him to last the whole season. I know people, I know there's, there's data saying that load management doesn't, may doesn't work the way we think it does, but for a guy that hasn't played a full season in three, in three years, you know, I think, I think Isaac will be load managed a little bit, even if there aren't medical restrictions on him to keep him from do keep him from doing that. It's just, you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that see how his body, how his body responds and, and, and just be a little bit careful with that because we haven't seen it, but I think it's a fair question. We don't know what this rotation is going to look like yet. We, you know, we don't know what, you know, what mad scientist experiments Mosley's been running in practices that he hasn't put out in these preseason games. And we're certainly not going to see any of that against Flamengo. There's no reason to show anything against Flamengo. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like some key guys didn't play against Flamengo because there's going to show you know, a lot of Caleb Houston against Flamengo. A lot of Caleb, Caleb Houston's got some time, some, some time to make up. Like, but like, again, to the first, to back to the to previous points, like Anthony Black hasn't played with any of the starters yet. Like as, as much as he struggled, I'd like to see him play with better players. You know, Jet Howard has not really played with the even the bench guys that much. That's something I I personally would like to see uh, to to get a you know at least for me maybe maybe Jamal Mosley already knows what he wants to see from that because you know he he has access to practice. Um, but I want to see some of this stuff, and and so I think there's a lot of stuff still that at least to get sorted out, or, or there's I think there's a lot of fair questions about how this team's going to use guys because. You know, this this is a deep team. Like there, like there are quality players on this roster, and and if they perform the way we expect them to perform, you know, there's there's going to be some decisions and some guys that should be playing that aren't that aren't going to be playing. What do you think is the reason for playing these guys? Basically, like you said, with being like platoons instead of getting reps against other you know NBA talent while playing actual rotational minutes and with real rotations, is it? Do you think it is just to play the cards close to the vest and 
roll no not test out anything in a real game until opening night um i think it's a little bit of all of the above um you know i think there's definitely a bit of hey let's wait until the right moment to unveil like a lineup that we've been working on that we're really that we think is going to be effective instead of you know showing it to people um you know like i think i think a lot of it too is like yes there's a lot of continuity on this roster and but i think the magic Change their offense a little bit, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think their offense is, is, I don't want to say significantly different, but there's a different, there's a different philosophy and a different way that they're attacking than, than I think I've seen in, in the two previous seasons with Jamal Mosley. And so I think they're trying to just make sure they cement it with those groups. And so that when they start mixing and matching, everyone kind of knows what they're doing and, and how to play to, how to play together or how, or how to kind of fit in with that, with that group. Um, you know, I think again, like kind of that point, New Orleans adjusted really well to what Orlando was doing. Um, Orlando was doing in the first game. You know, I think I think the way that they played, uh, certainly once they got comfortable in that second stint and then the third quarter stint in in the game in the game in New Orleans, once once the Magic got comfortable, they really executed that offense at a high level. And I don't think New Orleans was knew really what to do with it. Um, they they came out and attacked it very very differently in that second game. So I think there's a little bit of like, hey. Let's keep, you know, we got to show a little bit because we got to work on our basics, but let's keep a lot more close to the vest because once teams get a look at us, then they're going to start game planning for us a little bit. And so I think, I think there's a little, there's a little bit of that. I mean, I'm curious what you guys think, because maybe I'm a little bit off base to say that, but, but the offense looks really different to me and, and is, is trying to attack in a different way than, than it did in, in previous years. Yeah, it's tough for me to say. I mean, I think my next question was going to be like your level of concern Paolo like one to ten but we can get into that of course but I, I think part of that is because like Paolo just has not been like nearly a, as large of a focal point this year I think there's there's been an emphasis on sharing the ball but like it is really moving through three games in preseason I think that's what I've been most impressed by is just like the ball is whipping around and guys just seem to keep cutting like at the perfect time like we always talk about how good of a cutter a guy like Franz is, but we've seen it from Jalen. We've seen it from Markel. Even we've seen it from Wendell. Like guys are just finding the open spaces on the floor right now. Uh, so that's what I think it is uh, in in large part. But back to the question here: What is your level of of concern with, with Palo? Are you concerned? No, not at all. <laughs> like they're not like like I, I noted this after the first game because both Paolo and Franz had like kind of quiet nights. I know Paolo had the big dunk, but they both had kind of quiet nights. And it was just like, those guys both look like players who know how to handle themselves and know how to get ready for the regular season. Um, I don't, I don't see Paolo being like super aggressive. I don't see the magic, like putting him in spots where he typically scores. You're not seeing, and, and you know, maybe this isn't the offense anymore, but you don't see, which I think would be a mistake because he's really good at this, but you don't see him getting those kind of like mid-post touches. You don't see him like kind of getting some of those those looks that you know he's really, really comfortable with. You know, he's been getting downhill a little bit, but yeah, he's not trying to drive like crazy. They're not running a lot of pick and rolls with Paolo as the ball handler um, this in this preseason. So I think, I think Paolo's just, you know, easing into things. My only little concern is that he struggled to finish at the rim a little bit, but I actually like looked at the numbers. Like Franz shot forty three percent in his in in his preseason last summer too. Like it, these guys know how to get themselves ready. Like they'll they'll be fine. Like I'm like like I'm not worried worried about Paolo at all. 
that there is one thing that Paolo Bancaro was put on this earth to do, and that is score the basketball. Like he he will find he's still getting to the line at a really good clip, considering how like kind of passive he's been playing. When the regular season comes about, when when the games matter, Paolo is going to be ready. I have I have no doubt about that. Phil, what do you think this team has to do for you to consider it a success this year? Um, I mean, the simple answer is postseason. Um, I, I I've kind of said that the season that the 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 mantra for the season should be mission eighty three. We're trying to play game eighty three this year. Like it doesn't matter. Like in season tournament will mess mess with that a little bit. Hopefully, so maybe it's game eighty five. Yeah, maybe it's game eighty five. But the goal for this season is to play game 83. We need to play beyond that game against the Milwaukee Bucks, that, that last game of the season. That, that to me, is the goal. Um, it is, it's not going to be easily achieved. Um, I think this team is very capable of doing it, um, but I don't want to dismiss that there are some really good teams in the Eastern Conference, uh, and the Magic haven't proven themselves. And that's, that's always the key is or this, team, you know, this team doesn't know what it doesn't know. Uh, and so they're going to be going through kind of the ups and downs and, and, and the feeling of their own expectations as much as ours to, to develop, to develop and grow and to, to get to that level. But, you know, they, they did it for 57 games last year. Um, that is not insignificant. That is, that is a long time. They were 29 and 28, really 29 and 25. If we want to throw out the, the three, the last three games of the season, um, that is, that is a pretty good track record to build off of. Um, and I think there's every reason to believe that this team can can at least match that pace a little bit and put themselves in, in a good spot. Scale of one to ten, Phil, confidence that this team actually achieves the goal of making the postseason, whether it's a, a play-in or or whatever. What's your your confidence on a scale of one to ten that this team can do that? I, I would probably say a seven. Um, you know, I think that you expect individuals to get better when they're when they're this young and this promising um you know maybe a couple guys take a step back or stagnate but they have enough guys who have shown us that they can play better and that they can get better uh you know i think there are some good teams around them but like toronto's probably gonna be taking a step step back um you know they're still dangerous i'm not gonna sit here and say that they're not and, and completely throw them out of the group um, you know, Chicago, I think is another team that could take a step back. I, I am still kind of mystified by why Atlanta is getting a ton of buzz and, and yeah, Quinn Snyder's a really good coach and Trey Young's a real, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray provide a lot of offensive potential, but they lost a key starter for nothing. They got nothing in return for John Collins. I, I honestly at best see them just treading water and still being a 41, you know, 42 win team, but you know, when we're talking about the margin for error, you know, at this level of kind of the standings, the difference between a, a, a solid 35-win season and a 42-win season is is not a lot. Um, and so the Magic, you know, the Magic win a lot of close games, they're going to be in the playoffs. So, you know, they could do a little bit more maybe. If they're about 500 in close games, you know, they'll be in the mix. If they really struggle in some of those close games and some of those toss-up games, you know, they could they they could be out they they'll be out easily. Um, you know it's it's going to come down to injuries a little bit. Injuries every every one of these teams injuries going to play a huge factor and we, you can't ignore that. Um, and so it's just it's going to be a grind and it's going to be it's it, it's it's uh, as much as I think we all expect this Magic team to take that next step. I I I would phrase it this way. I think it's a I think the the way we define success for the season is the Magic make the postseason. 
I don't think that's how we define failure. If the Magic are playing meaningful games late in the season and, and they happen to fall short because of a missed shot here, a missed shot there, it's a make or miss league, all that stuff, there is something you can take and something you can learn to help this team grow. That, that's, that's the most important thing. The only way this season's a failure is if they're just not in the race at all. Um, if they're not in the race at all, then we got to start really asking some questions. But I, I, I see that possibility is so remote. Like this team is going to be competitive every night. They're going to give people a reason to watch. And, you know, we'll see if they're able to take that next step and, and learn how to be consistent enough to, to win on a nightly basis. It's been a lot of facts. Philip Rossman, right? Before we let you go here, go ahead and plug everything that you've got, got, got going on. Plug the Patreon, the Twitter, all that stuff. <laughs> let people know where they can find you. Yeah, I got a lot going on. Um, you can, of course, find me on Twitter, uh, my personal Twitter, at R underscore OMD or X, whatever it's called now. Um, you also, you could follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. That's for Orlando Magic Daily, the website I run. You can listen to my podcast, Locked on Magic, uh, whenever whenever you'd like. We're, we're, daily, we're daily podcasts, so you'll you know we're, we're we're comfort food we're always there we're always there when you need us um and then uh, you can also check out my patreon page the orlando magic hub that's patreon.com slash orlando magic hub you can subscribe to that i'm putting up kind of extra articles extra little factoids and tidbits t- uh, post-game takeaways uh, a lot of pr- practice reports with with uh, with video with audio and video i'm just trying to add a bunch more and, and i'm always open to ideas for for what you'd like to add what you'd like to see added for uh, for a little bit, little, little fee. Um, but I'm trying to make myself more available this season and hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a fun and good one. Philip Rossman Reich, man, looking forward to seeing you at Amway. We got a week until the, the regular season. And as always, we know everybody's going to appreciate your coverage, man. Thank you for what you do. And again, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me on guys. Again, a very big shout out to our boy, PRR, Philip Rossman Reich. PR squared, whatever you want to call him, the pod father. Always good talking with him. Luke, I just really cannot wait for the magic season to get started here. And from the time that this video or podcast episode drops, we've got less than a week. We've got six days, man. I, I, my nerves. After we play Flamengo on Friday, that is going to be the longest, what is that, five days, four days of my life. It's, it is going to, to drag by, and I'm not looking forward to that because I've been dealing with it in the preseason. I wake up, and I'm like, man, the match don't play today. you got to wait till whenever, right? This Flamengo game, I'm just ready for the regular season at this point. I'm sure the Magic are ready. They made that known as well, that, like, you know, we're done with the preseason. That's the downside of playing Flamengo your last game of, of the season and preseason. Pretty disrespectful to Flamengo, by the way. It's going to be these guys are literally flying from another continent to come here and play. I know they're super excited, but yes, but just to be like, yeah, preseason's over for us. These guys are like, well, what the hell? And and they got there, by the way, like they came into town Tuesday morning. So they're sitting in Orlando, probably watching the game on TV. And then they see this stuff on social media like yeah hey, you know preseason is over for us listen you know my response to that is if you don't like it do something about it it's much like okay. late game situations where you know guys dunk the ball at the very end of the game when it's unnecessary if you don't like it don't let it happen don't let them be up you know flamingo hopefully they just give us our best shot i don't know i wish that their play would would get jamal to play our guys more minutes but i know that's going to be unwavering and jamal's going to play the guys the amount of minutes that he already plans to but 
I uh, I would love any excuse for our guys to play more minutes, even if that means that Flamengo is kind of hanging around. But I think we all expect this to be a 30, 40 point win. Yeah, don't expect uh, the starters to play much. You know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe a few minutes. You know, in the the first quarter, just to sort of get out there, get some you know some sweat, get lathered up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, like that, oh, don't look at me like that. That's that's a like... thing. People say lathered like when like oh, I want to get a lather going. You said want to get a lather going. You said it's the same up. thing. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> talk- Luke, you would kill to lather up some of these guys on the bench with some baby oil or something. Okay, I don't even want to start talking about you. All right, bro. People know how you are. All right, people, people know all about Luke Sylvia. Don't don't you get it twisted. But anyways, don't think that we're going to see our guys, the, the starters, much in this game. Just get through, get through this last game healthy. That's all I ask for. Let's get to the regular season healthy. Ah oh, man, you know what? I, I do. I'm glad that Magic Basketball is back, but preseason doesn't hit the same because I'm like, I know we're gonna get to the third, fourth quarter, and then we're just gonna we're not going yeah. for the win at that point. We're just getting guys out there to to get them some run, and I'm just like the the competitor in me is dying to be screaming at this team down seven in the third quarter because they won't box out <laughs> or because they're not making their free throws, and then. Also, just get crazy excited when Franz hits like a 32-footer with a minute and a half left to finally give us the lead back. And then on our way to a, a magic victory. I, I can't wait for that. I live for that. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it. What do you think? Yeah. Lather them up. That is not going to be the, yeah. the episode title for this one. I can assure you that. That is going to do it for this one. A big thank you to Philip Rossman Reich for stopping by. And uh, for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!